Hello, friends. Welcome once again to Syracuse Basketball Postgame presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare partner for SU Athletics. Brent Axe, Mike Waters here with you. And as we get ready to flip the calendar to the year 2024, one last game in 2023 and the first ACC win of the season for Syracuse basketball. A pretty impressive win at the JMA Dome on Saturday afternoon, if I do say so myself. 81-73 was the final score. Quadier Copeland with 22 points, a career high for him. You had uh, Benny Williams with a great performance for Syracuse. 15 points for him. Malik Brown, 15 points for him. Judah Mintz with 12 and 5 assists on the day. Mike, those are the individuals that stand out. It really was kind of a team effort from top to bottom for Syracuse in a lot of ways. Adrian Autry talked about that after the game, how this is going to be a team that wins with eight or nine guys. It's a team that out-rebounded Pittsburgh, particularly in the second half, 25-17. to They use points off turnovers to their advantage in this game. Syracuse with 12 steals against Pittsburgh. That was huge in this. And for Jeff Capel to come to the postgame press conference and essentially say several times that Syracuse out-toughed Pittsburgh and that Pitt was not tough enough to win an ACC game, that'll raise your eyebrows a little bit because that's not something you hear often about Pittsburgh. But look, Syracuse played great defense today. They were down by eight at halftime and really ramped it up in the second half. We mentioned some of those individual performances we went over. And, Mike, we talk so much about how this is a young team, right? And it is, you know, when you look at the birth dates and you look at the, you know, the designations of what class they're in at Syracuse, it's a young team. But this was a spot where they played like a bunch of seasoned veterans, played composed, played well, played good defense. And I didn't see a lot of times, short of a couple of stretches where, particularly at the end of the first half, where they let off the gas pedal a little bit. But for the most part, I didn't see a young team today. I just saw a good team on the court today. Yeah, you make a good point there. I mean, and yes, in some respects, this is still a very young team. But, you know, when they were really playing well there in the second half, they were doing it with four sophomores and a junior. And really, in today's game, that's not young anymore. It may not not be old and experienced. It may not be as experienced as some other teams if you have guys who are, you know, fifth-year grad transfers and – you know, guys like Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis and, you know, guys like, you know, that Carolina has. But still, there's a lot of young teams out there. Now, this is a young Syracuse team overall, but it's not like the guys on the floor haven't been through the fire by now. And especially J.J. Starling and, and, and Judah Mintz, you know, they've been through it. Benny Williams is junior now, uh, you know, and he mentioned that after the game. Uh, so, you know, you do it. It's not like a game like today – shouldn't be something that phases these guys. I mean, first of all, it, it's at home. You've got the crowd and the wind at your back. Uh, you should be able to, to play. But, uh, you know, going back to something you said, it was very interesting. Jeff Capel, you know, in a couple different ways, sort of saying that, you know, listen, these guys played tough. They showed energy. You know, we, you know, I mean, he talked about how he felt like his team lacked that uh, necessary toughness, I think he called it, necessary strength. Uh, so he – you know, he was given credit to Syracuse. He was a little bit more like really concerned about his guys. I think he wasn't really happy with the way his team played in certain moments. But it, I, I thought there was a couple times today where Syracuse really showed its metal, um, not the iron or metal. I'm talking about M E T T L E metal. <laughs> and, you know, like after taking the lead there in the second half, and I think they went up by about seven points, and Pittsburgh came back and tied it. 
believe it was about 61 all or somewhere in there. And that's about the time where a young team and an inexperienced team, a team that doesn't have a lot of self-confidence, that's when you can crumble. But instead, Syracuse ran off like the next eight, eight or nine, ten points of the game and took control back. That was a I, to me, that's that said a lot about this team is that moment right there. It really did. And I kept turning to you during the game and updating points off turnovers because I just thought that was a huge stat today. Look, Pitt is kind of Virginia light. They love to play good defense, play tough when Pitt is Pitt, as Jeff Capel noted there. You know, Henson's a great three-point shooter. You had to keep your eye on him. But Pitt is a team that will kill you if you waste possessions, if you give them turnovers, right? And to overcome that and to not allow them to get into their groove, to get those steals, to get out, fast break, make them chase you, take advantage of that. I thought points off turnovers was a big, big stat for this team today. We mentioned how big the rebounding was. The bench boost that this team got. I mean, it was it was funny. Somebody asked Adrian Autry in postgame, are you running out of ways to describe Quadir Copeland? And he said, no. I have a lot of choice <laughs> words for Quadir. He even joked around that he still gives him a couple stomach aches, right? Yes. But, like, Quadir's game, you know, as you go through a season, you just see guys take step forward, and you kind of leave some things behind. I think Quadir's kind of entered that next level. We shouldn't be surprised by this anymore. This is just who he is. And it's funny because before the season at media day, I asked every player that was at media day, who is the most improved player on the team from the end of last season till right here, right now on the brink of the season. And the majority of them said Quadir Copeland. And I think what we're starting to see now is the Quadir they've been seeing all along. You know, Judah joked around with me in the locker room after the game. He's like, you know, the last time Quadir had a, a career high, we all kind of laughed because we know he's better than I think the last one was like 15 points. Well, we saw that today with 22 points and just now this should feel normal. This should not be like, Oh man, look at Quadir. Like he's entered that next level and we, not to expect a career high game after game, but to expect Quadir to have that Dion waiters type production off the bench to be a game in game out contributor. I think he's kind of earning that title now. Yeah. And you know, and, and, I still, you know, kind of keeping expectations within reason. Uh, again, I think Quadier's contributions will continue to be in areas besides the scoring column, behind besides points. And it's great if he gives you 15 in a game like he did the other day, like he did, you know, 22 here today against Pittsburgh. Now, some of that comes because he ended up at the line a lot in the second half. I think he went like 13 of 15 at the line. So, that, you know, 13 of his 22 points are going to come on foul shots. Still, well, he got there count. and he made them. So you got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Exactly. And they count. But he's still the energy guy. He's the guy that can come in and defend whoever you ask him to defend. He helps your defense because when you're playing man to man and you're having to switch on the perimeter, it doesn't matter who he ends up on. So he makes your defense all the better because it's not like the other team's going to get him in a switch and attack him because they have a point guard on a small forward. He, he can guard that guy. You know, he can even guard your fours. Uh, so he helps you there, but he also, you know, he brings energy to the transition game. He gets you out on the break. He looks for guys. Um, so I, I think that that's where he can continue to help this team, even when he doesn't have games like today when he is scoring the ball. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy that really just he's that Swiss Army knife on defense and he's that energy guy on offense. And, and the way this team is playing, they need that. They do. 
and he's got to still work on his three-point shot. You still kind of cringe when he pulls up from three-point range. He did make one today, so give him that. But that's not a strength in his game. It's it's something that's evolving. But, you know, just he had that one breakaway where he goes towards the hoop and does like this little fancy spin move around the basket. He plays with energy and flair and a smile on his face. And you, and you brought up the spark that he brings to the team. I mean, this guy, Mike, you hear it from fans. I hear it from fans. Donna hears it from fans. Like he is quickly shooting to the top of the list of, of a fan favorite on this team. So it's not just the energy he brings to the team, like the crowd, like you can hear the gasps in the crowd when he goes to the, uh, to get uh, checked into the game. People anticipate it. They, they're mm-hmm. excited to see him get in the game, and he's becoming that type of player. Benny Williams today, Mike, and not to beat a dead horse, but you and I on these post-game shows have been saying, look, guys, they're going to need Benny Williams, okay? As long as what he was doing wasn't completely, you know, egregious. It wasn't something that would be like, oh, you can't be on the team, right? If As long as it was a violation of team rules within reason, which right. – from everything we've heard it was, then you had to keep him around and you had to ride it out. We have started to see that. And this was another example of it today. I'm going to use that word we use with Quadir, energy. Coach Autry in the post game was really impressed with how Benny rebounded today. Not that Benny can't score. We mentioned he had 15 points in this game. But it's all those things, the grinding, the energy, the hustle, his defense was good, his rebounding was good. He brings an element to this team, not just as the elder statesman, if you will, as a junior, but his game in particular that I just don't think, not that Justin Taylor doesn't have a role on this team, but it's just better in some ways in a particular lineup, in a particular stretch of the game, right? And when Benny is on and as he has been for the past few weeks and has recommitted himself and somebody that's locked in, we're starting to see why time after time, you and I said, and a number of people said, they're going to need him. You know, these games get tough. They get nimble. It's a possession here. It's a possession there. And it, today was the type of day that Benny Williams made a huge difference. And, Mike, I want you to comment on this, too. This was one of the first times we actually got to talk to Benny in the locker room after the game. That has not been a, uh, a regular occurrence this season. No, it hasn't. Um, and you could really tell after a few games, the Oregon game out in South Dakota, um, those of us who were out there, he, he, he declined to talk then. He declined to talk after the Niagara game. And those were games where we were starting to see Benny contribute a little bit. He was having some good games. There were positives there. And, you know, you want to talk to him, and he was really declining. I think he was still trying to, you know, get past some of the early season stuff, you know, suspensions and benchings or whatever. Uh, today, there was no avoiding it. I mean, you played too well. yeah good problem yeah played just too darn good and so he sat down and he talked with a bunch of us and he was great uh you know fairly open you know more or less about you know all the ups and downs that he'd gone through so far this season and i tell you what man you look at his line you know the 15 points seven boards uh you know he's this is really i think like his third real you know pretty good game in a row here off the bench and you know, you mentioned the rebounding. I look at what he helps them do on defense because, you know, there's going to, you're, you're running these games where the other team has a big forward, a taller guy, but he's athletic. And, you know, Justin Taylor's a little bit outsized at power forward against some guys. He's 6'6, and he's listed at 6'9, and he's very athletic. And you knew that you were going to run into games where he was going to need, be needed. And I really think, Similar to the way we talked about Quadir and the versatility on defense, 
Benny gives you two. I was talking with Judah Mintz after the game, and I asked him about Benny and defense. He said, you know, when you switch, and normally when you, you know, if you're a guard and you get you get that switch you're looking for and you, you're all of a sudden being guarded by the other team's power forward, you're looking to attack that now. He goes, you can't if it's Benny, you know, because he's, he's this six-foot-nine athletic guy and for a short stint there, he can he can hold his own. He can defend that guard on the perimeter or, or whoever he gets switched on to. So, uh, you know, he sort of helps this whole man-to-man perimeter switching defense that, that Adrian Autry's uh, utilizing this year. Guys like Malik Brown, Benny, quite here. You know, they all make this tough. Even Judah. I mean, there were times today where Judah on the switch is now guarding Blake Henson, you know, who's, you know, Pitt's really strong forward. I don't know if you call Blake a three or a four, but anyways, a big, strong kid. And Judah, you know, for, you know, half a possession or whatever he's going to, Judah can, can play defense with his hands. He can bother a guy. Um, so Benny, you know, as we, you know, we were talking about this, I think after the Niagara game, looking towards the start of the ACC season is where this team can get better. And it was really, if they can get the Benny Williams that you were hoping to get, from the start of the season, get that Benny Williams that had that great game against Wake Forest in the ACC tournament last March. That Benny Williams is one easy way. This team gets a lot better than what we've seen over the first 10 or 11 games of the year. And timing is everything. Cause if he is committed, remains committed, and I'm not expecting this game in and game out, but if you're getting that kind of effort and you can get these kind of contributions from him as ACC play begins here, I mean, Mike, this is, this feels like one of those wins that you can look down the road. Remember, Syracuse gets Pittsburgh again here soon. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. ACC play. Sometimes you get these teams two times in four games. And, you know, Jeff Capel's not going to forget how his team played in this one. So keep that in mind on, on the oh, return no. trip down to Pitt. I think <laughs> oh, Jeff no. Capel's got plenty to talk to his boys about the, before they play Syracuse next. No would, doubt would, about it. I would imagine but, that game at the, at the Pete is going to they'll, – they'll be ready. But if you're getting this kind of contribution from a Benny Williams going into ACC play, it, it can make the difference in these back-and-forth grinder-type games that Syracuse had to outlast Pittsburgh in. That's huge. A couple more points, Mike. Judah Mintz today, 12 points, 5 assists. He threw one alley-oop pass to Benny Williams. I mean, you want to talk about thread the needle. This was not one of those, like, breakaway. He's just kind of timing Benny Williams wide open. He th- went right through the Pittsburgh defense on this particular play. And it's those plays that show you, okay, I get it. There are parts of Judah's game I don't get when it comes to the next level. I still think there's some work to be done in a number of ways there. But he makes a play like that, and I'm like, I get it. I understand where it comes from here. And another notable thing about Judah's game today, Mike, just three of five at the free throw line. This wasn't one of those Judah getting to the free throw line 14, 15 times type of game. Quadir did, as we mentioned, but – I, I was, you know, sometimes Judah just knows, okay, this, I'm the point guard today. I'll score when I need to. I'll make those passes. I'll make those plays. And today was one of those days where you had Judah the point guard and not Judah the offensive-minded point guard. Yeah, and Pitt's tough. Uh, their guards are good. I mean, they have a young kid out there, Carl, Carlton Carrington. He's only a freshman, but he's tall. I think he's a little taller than Judah. He's got really long arms. And the other kid, Ishmael Leggett, uh, is an older guy, a transfer. Uh, they made it tough. They made life tough on Judah. You know, Judah did not get into the lane. You know, he's he scored his first four points in the first three minutes of the game, and then I don't know if he scored again for the rest of the half. Uh, it was a struggle for him, but it didn't affect some other parts of his game. Yeah, and you know, so, you know, it's hard to, to get the, the scoring going, 
but five assists, three steals, um, all that is, 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 is good. And, you know, uh, to win a game when Judah Mintz isn't your leading scorer, that's good for Syracuse in a way. Uh, it shows that you can do that. And you're not, while you are reliant on Judah, um, maybe you're not like wholly reliant on him. You know, you had you know, three guys off the bench who had great days. You know, they all scored more. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would have, if you, if you had told me that Judah Mintz was your fourth leading scorer in a game, I would have said, well, how bad did they lose? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it was, it, it, you know, it, it shows that, uh, you know, there are other ways Judah does contribute and also shows that Syracuse does have some other guys who can boost them offensively. Mike, good stuff as always. Appreciate it, sir. Happy new year to you. We'll be doing plenty more of these uh, when we flip the calendar over to 2024, but uh, we're in it now, baby. ACC play underway and uh, an impressive win for Syracuse to start it off today. Thank you, sir. Brent, good talking to you. Good sitting with you today at the game. We'll see you again soon. Absolutely. And thanks for uh, fetching my water bottle as well. Don't want to lose that one. Mike Waters, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen, the one and only. We appreciate it, sir. The great Mike Waters, friends. Uh, One big stat from this game, Syracuse was 3 of 17 from three-point range. Now, if you had told me, I'm going to steal what Mike just said. If you had told me that Pitt hit 10 three-pointers and Syracuse only hit three, my response to that, if I didn't know the score was, well, how much did they lose by? For Syracuse to go 3 of 17 from three-point range, and win this type of game shows you what they did in the paint. They won points in the paint. Syracuse's bench play much better, 52 to 17 over Pittsburgh. We talked about a bunch of guys. One guy we didn't give a shine enough love on was Malik Brown in the paint. Even Naheem McLeod, guys, who this is becoming an interesting dynamic. So you have McLeod who starts the game. He's, I think, now five and eight on opening tips, which is not what you would expect from a seven foot four guy. He does struggle. He does get pushed around for a guy who's seven foot four. He's not quick enough, but yet he had four blocks, right? So he did give you something in this game. But what we're seeing is a dynamic where Naheem will start. He'll play. What did he play today here? So he had uh, just under nine minutes in this game. And then Malik's essentially getting the baton and taking over and taking you home, right? As he did today. And we saw the result of that. You have to play Malik Brown. This dynamic's working right now. It's a different type of thing. You got a seven foot four Naheem McLeod, which you have to put in the game. Pitt had uh, Guillermo Diaz Graham in this game, seven footer. So you needed a seven footer on a seven footer, and Graham even stepped back and hit a couple of threes, right? So Naheem has a role. It's just probably not as big of a role as people would anticipate. But when you have Malik Brown stepping up, that's huge. So those two things also were big in this game. You know who I want to hear from? Our Syracuse Sports Insiders. And uh, really appreciate the support we've had from our Syracuse Sports Insiders. You should become one today. All you have to do to become a Syracuse Sports Insider, friends, it is so easy. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. If you're not familiar with what the Syracuse Sports Insider text line is, so you text me, I text you, right? This is not a group chat. You text me directly. You can text me anytime. You get breaking news first. We have broken a number of stories that our Syracuse Sports Insiders heard first. Uh, The stories that I broke that Fran Brown was finalizing a contract to become the next head football coach at Syracuse, that Kyle McCord had signed on as a a transfer from Ohio State to Syracuse. 
couple other tidbits that our Syracuse Sports Insiders either got first or in some cases got exclusively. You could try it free for 14 days. It's just $3.99 a month after that and cannot wait to carry this into the new year. It's been a great experience. We've only been doing it here at the end of 2023, but only going to get bigger and better in 2024. One big thing that our Syracuse Sports Insiders get is priority on this podcast to get their voice heard. So let's go through some of your great texts that we got during the Syracuse Pittsburgh game today, starting off with Don P who says, if we're not hitting threes, this is easily our best lineup. Mince, Starling, Q, Brown, and Benny, which Kate also noted, by the way, and that is a lineup that Syracuse leaned on and was very successful in this game. Benny, Quadir, JJ, Judah, and Malik. You know, JJ didn't have a huge game statistically, when you look at the box score, JJ had, uh, just looking at it here, nine points and a couple of rebounds. He had three assists in this game, but he had a huge drive right past the pit defense. He had a, a big three, a big stop and pop three, and his three-point shot continues to get better as the season goes along. It's not something you rely on. It's not huge. Again, for this team to only hit three threes in this game to pits 10, and they still come away with it, is really interesting to me. It's quality over quantity. Syracuse is hitting threes when they need to, and J.J. had a big one in this one. Mark in San Diego, who was sending me pictures from the beach today on our Syracuse Sports Insider text line. Thanks for that, Mark, I think, as I walked to the dome with snowflakes falling on my head. You know who's having a great day? Coach Autry. I think this is his best coaching game so far. A number of you uh, texted that over that you really uh, liked how Coach Autry mixed up the lineup, coached this game, went with certain things. You know, somebody had a good question on the text line. I meant to ask Coach Autry this today, and I didn't get to it, so I'll get to it another time. But it was, why are they running so much zone on the inbounds pass? That is something I'm curious about, and I'll definitely ask him that soon. But Ryan says, Williams and Brown were the difference that earned this win. The big takeaway is having the legitimate bench depth that is capable of playing at that level. And that's something that Coach Autry said after the game, and he meant it. You know, We're going to win games with 8, 9, 10 guys. We have a leader. His name is Judah Mintz, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but we have a, a leader who's Judah, but everybody's got to contribute. And look, this was a day Chris Bell didn't have a huge contribution. It's a day that Justin Taylor, who played 15 minutes, didn't have a huge contribution. It's going to happen. It goes in waves, right? Benny was just the better guy today. You had to put Benny in that spot, that lineup that a couple of you noted on the texts, right? Justin Taylor is going to have a role on this team, and he's going to have important games. Speaking of three-point shooting, you're going to need to hit three-point shots to beat certain teams. That's where he rises to the top of the list. Benny just does certain things better. He's bigger, can guard guys, can rebound better in certain instances. But I've seen enough from Justin Taylor that he's going to have a role on this team. Chris Bell was just kind of the odd man out, too but you go with the hot hand and that hot lineup that was out there for sure. As Mike says, I thought a very solid team effort. We'd like to see us work through the picks and screens a little better, leaving too many guys open for three-point shots or easy drives to the basket. Yeah, there's definitely been some leaks defensively, and Autry brought it up in the post-game press conference. There's something about the last two minutes of not just the half, and I saw it a little bit at the end of the game too, where this team just kind of loses itself. Right. And sometimes they get caught in the transition between zone and man, not just on the inbounds passes on those rare occasions where we see the zone these days. This is where that young team element comes in. I think this team is growing up and I just think it's a team. As Mike said earlier in the podcast, you have four sophomores and a junior out there. That's like normal 
and college basketball these days. But this is where they show their, uh, I'm thinking of uh, my cousin Vinny, their Utes. They're showing the Utes, the two Utes, right? But they show their Utes when they they leak on defense like that. That's a good point uh, that you guys uh, noted there in the text. Craig says, I don't see Benny playing as well as he has if Bayheim were still coach. And I'm a huge Bayheim fan. Red has ignited a spark that was missing in my humble opinion. A couple of you guys noted that, by the way, including Gary. He says the toughness from the Qs was there throughout the game. The difference, in my opinion, was we cleaned up the sloppy passes, dribbling, rebounds, and overall defense, which you have to do, by the way, against a team like Pittsburgh, because they will eat those possessions alive. And the guys, I keep coming back to this. This is why I think the points off turnovers, getting out on the break, getting those steals, seeing Syracuse commit defensively in this game, was huge because Pitt hung in there. I mean, the final was 81-73. Syracuse was down by eight at halftime. They crashed the boards in the second half. That was big. Don't get me wrong. We mentioned the individual performances we saw. But getting out on the break, making Pitt chase them, getting the fast break points, getting the steals was crucial to beat a team like Pitt today who hung around. They hit 10 threes in this game. They were there, and Blake Hinson came in as the best three-point shooter that Pitt, not only Pitt had, but one of the best in the ACC, and he didn't even have a great game. He fouled out, and was he was tossing his headband, and the crowd was getting on him a little bit at the Dome. I got to say that, too. Uh, the crowd was fantastic at the JMA Wireless Dome today. About 20,000. It was listed officially here as, uh, let, what do we got for attendance? 20,642. Crowd was fantastic. It felt like, and I hate to keep going back to this, because they're in the ACC. But it felt like a Big East game. Autry even said that after the game, that it felt like when I played here. The crowd from start to finish was into it. They were great. They uh, went with the ebb and flow of things and never really let down, by the way. The refs, yeah, let's just say they had a rough day. Autry even got called for a technical, which I thought was kind of, frankly, I thought that was a BS call at the end of the first half. But there, there were a few times where these things get contagious at a home game, right? When you think the refs are bad, like every call turns into the worst call in the history of humanity. But there were definitely a few in this game that uh, had scratchers, to say the least. As we go next to Michael L., who says, what a turnaround in the second half. Only three turnovers, won the battle of the boards. This team has a lot of answers with its deep bench. What a difference compared with the Bayheim teams. It's not lost on you guys that Autry is going deeper on the bench, handling things differently than Bayheim would have. And I think somebody made a good point a couple of texts ago. I don't know if Benny Williams is still on this team, if Jim Bayheim's the coach. I don't think he has the patience for it. I don't think he rides it out. I think what Mike and I said about how important he is as a player, maybe that overrides everything. But there's mistakes that are made by Benny, by Quadir, by some of these players that would have got them put on the bench and never to be seen from for not only that particular game, but for a while, the, the old Bayheim doghouse. We're only 13 games into the Autry era, but does he have a doghouse? I mean, for a while, Benny was in it, but that was by his own fault and things that he was doing or not doing in some cases at practice and at games. And, you know, he, he dug his own hole there and you got to be careful with Benny, right? The modern day athlete, you got to deal with differently but if he's doing things that are clearly against team rules and are on him, no matter what the circumstances are, you have to deal with that as a coach. I know some of this is speculation, but I totally get what you guys are saying on that. And I agree with what you're saying on that. As Ed notes here, team attitude and chemistry 
so important. It's something I haven't heard for SU teams in years, especially this early in the season. I'm excited for this team and what they can accomplish. Now, listen, we haven't even flipped to 2024 yet. They're going to have games like this they lose. They're going to have games like this where they do show their age. They get pit again in a couple of weeks. Like, Jeff Capel's not going to forget this game. When you look at Lenardi's, and I know Lenardi is Lenardi. Some people aren't a fan of Lenardi, but it's a sense of, okay, how many ACC teams are tournament worthy, right? It's at about five or six right now. And by the way, how about Notre Dame and how they played against Virginia today? Side note, uh, uh, in the ACC, I mean, we're already (laughs) getting games in league play. We're barely into it. Like, what? Who did that? So, hey, we're into it, man. I know a lot of you still have football on the brain, and we're going to talk a lot of football, trust me, on the Syracuse Sports Podcast because of this insane offseason that Fran Brown has and is continuing to have for Syracuse football and the transfers they're bringing in and everything. So that's taken command of things. But basketball is really starting to ramp up. We are in league play, and we're already seeing just wacky games. And we saw it today. As Jeff Capel said, and I brought it up earlier in the podcast, and I texted to our Syracuse Sports Insiders, you have to be tougher in games like this. And Syracuse was tough in a game like this. But you're going to have to be tough like this on the road. Getting the crowd behind you, winning a a home game like this, you got to give them credit for it, despite the refs uh, doing what the refs were doing in some cases. And I'll leave it at that. But that was impressive for this team to come together. Home home crowd helps in that spot. Let's, let's, Let's be honest here. And as Joe M notes here, all I know is that this using multiple players off the bench thing is awesome and is something we have really seen, haven't haven't really seen too much of over the years. Go coach red. So I think what we're seeing from you guys, you're enjoying what you're seeing from, from coach Autry. You're seeing how this enjoying how this team is playing. You still see some flaws that have to be overcome, but This is the type of game you see a team grow up. And it's what I said to Mike earlier in the show, and I'll say it again. I'm not expecting 22 points a game from Quadir. But what I am expecting now, what he has earned by the way he has played, is some sort of contribution, not just energy. And Quadir comes off the bench and sparks the team, and you look at the box score afterwards and nothing's popping, great. I'm now to the point where I'm expecting Quadir to contribute. If that's rebounding, defense, Today, he got to the free throw line a lot, which uh, boosted those numbers, but he got to the free throw line a lot, and he made his free throws. You know why, kids? Because free throws matter, as a wise man once said, right? Pitt, terrible at the free throw line today. Pitt had its opportunities. 11 of 24, Syracuse 24 of 30 at the free throw line. And Judah only got there five times. But if Quadir can get there, or, who it, you know, it's usually going to be either Judah or Quadir or, you know, let's, let's just go through the free throws today. Naheem hit a couple. Judah was three of five. Justin Taylor, two of two. Malik only got to the line once. Benny Williams, three of five. Quadir, 13 of 15, which shows you he was the hot hand. So it's usually going to be him or Judah in that sense, but you got to take advantage of it when you do get to the free throw line as he did. That's what impressed me about this team. This team, look, there's a long way to go. There's still two solid months of ACC play to come. There's still a lot of basketball to be played. 
But I think that's what you guys are liking and what you're seeing and how Coach Autry has instilled in this team. If you're going to play man-to-man defense and play it right, this is the way it's got to be done. Rebounding. He keeps coming back to rebounding time and again. And I know every basketball coach in the world says how important it is to rebound, but it's particularly important for this team to do it. They won the rebounding battle today in the second half, 25-17. to I mean, that's the game right there. I mentioned how important points off turnovers were and some of the other things. But I don't think they get that because Pitt, there was two things at halftime that stood out to me. Pitt was up big in rebounding and the three-point shooting. Well, the three-point shooting didn't end up mattering, but they had to close the gap rebounding-wise, and they did. And a lot of those rebounds started fast breaks the other way. If they weren't getting steals, rebounds equal possessions, equal breaks. And possessions are gold against a team like Pitt. So that's what's impressive about this. There were a lot of highlights. There are a lot of great dunks. There are a lot of great offensive plays. It's good to see this team play at pace again. This is a fun team to watch. But what they combine that with at this point is they do know how to grind. They do know how to hustle. They do know how to rebound. They do have lapses when those things don't happen. And this was, frankly, guys, this was a world of difference between this game and the Niagara game. Go back to December 21st, nine days ago before the break. And I have seen this time and again from, from teams that are ready to go on break, right? Their mind is elsewhere. They're ready for a break. They're ready to go home, have some of mom's cooking and you get that game before the break. And it's not always the pedal to the metal type of effort. It can be harder sometimes. And Autry brought this up in post game to get a team back in sync after the break. Right. But there was enough time for Syracuse to get back and there is a, a consistency at practice that's starting to carry over with this team, and we're seeing it, and they're going to need it. They're going to need it to beat – Pitt's a good team, don't get me wrong, but they're going to need it to beat the top-level teams that when you look at the end of the road, you're going to need wins over. That's the difference between being a bubble team and an NCAA tournament team. Right now, Syracuse is on the outside looking in of anything uh, that Lenardi has and most bracketologists have. You keep piling up wins like this. And Syracuse's next game at Duke Tuesday night, guys. Right into it. You want to talk about a test for a team like this that's starting to feel a little bit. It's coming in their own in, in a lot of positive ways, as we're noted. Okay. Game on at Duke. Only matchup with Duke, by the way this season. Uh, that's when we'll be with you again for post game, by the way, guys, that's a nine o'clock tip on Tuesday night. So we're looking forward to that. That'll be our first show of 2024. And uh, while we're here uh, wrapping up things for this edition of Syracuse basketball post game, let me say uh, happy new year to everybody out there. Hope 2024 is a spectacular year. It's certainly uh, going to be interesting with the football news that just keeps coming with how this basketball team develops and, all the other things that will come our way. You know, I wrote a column about this, and I hope you guys can check it out. But 2023, I mean, there is one word that comes to mind for the Syracuse sports scene in 2023. And if that word doesn't change, I don't know what to tell you. The change from Bayheim to Autry. The change from Babers to Fran Brown. There were changes all around in the Syracuse sports scene. Look beyond SU Athletics, right? Ben Grew let go as the Syracuse crunch head coach. And I could go through all of them. I don't want to give away the whole column. So I want you guys to read that. But 2023 was a year of change. What will 2024 bring? 
these years don't always have consistent themes to them, but 2023, there is no doubt what the theme of this year was. Let's see what the theme is for next year. And that's when we'll meet again here on Syracuse Basketball Post Game. So come on by Tuesday night. If you do miss it, please subscribe on Spotify, on Apple, on YouTube, so you can watch this post game show and the Syracuse Sports Podcast whenever you want. Become a Syracuse Sports Insider. Get all the insights, breaking news first. Any questions you want to ask me anytime. Having a lot of great back and forths with our Syracuse Sports Insiders. Shout out to a couple of you that I met at the Dome today. Our guy Jeff from Twitter, one of our big Syracuse Sports Insiders. And got to hang with Jeff for a little bit before the game. A lot of fun chatting with him. And it's always fun to chat with you guys uh, in, in real life, as they say, not just on the text. But become a Syracuse Sports Insider today. 315-847-3895. Just text the word orange to that number. It's a two-week free trial. Try it out for a couple of weeks. It's just $3.99 a month after that, and we'll keep it going in 2024. For now, the Orange Takedown Pit, 81-73. They're now 10-3. First ACC win of the season. They're 1-1 one one in ACC play overall. This has been Syracuse Basketball Postgame, presented by Krause Health the exclusive healthcare partner for SU Athletics. You guys have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you next time here on Syracuse Basketball Postgame and the Syracuse Sports Podcast.